are the talk. 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 We are the talk station of the nation. 95.1 Nigeria Info. Nothing breaks the news like the news. Trust me, I can prove it. I'm ready. Let's take on the biggest debates on radio, provide insights, experience, and build an unforgettable discussion together. I am Femi D. And we're back to the Morning Crossfire on your number one news, talk, and sports station, Nigeria Info. Morning Crossfire. Morning Crossfire. With Femi D. Live. Live. On your number one talk, news, and sports station. 95.1 Nigeria Info. Nigeria Info. Thanks for staying with us right here on Nigeria Info. It's 12 minutes past 8 a.m. Nigerian time. Today being the 15th day of March. Yes, it's a Monday. And it's a Monday where we essentially need to discuss the issues with regards to the oil sector. Why do I say, say this? Okay, so we have this concept around uh, the oil sector being possibly perceived in three stratas, at least on paper it is. You have the upstream sector, you have the midstream sector, then you have the downstream sector. Down there in the downstream sector is where, they, where a lot of us make contacts with um, you know, the issue of petrol or no petrol, diesel or no diesel. And the more we look into the mathematics around uh, the availability, the resources, the calculations, templates or no templates, the more we find out that it can and it has resolved to remain very confusing over time. And that brings me forward to a new conversation. Last week, there was a question around what could be the latest move around petrol price. Here's the reason why. The PPRA, in, in an attempt to be transparent as regulators, they published a template that projected, and I use this word carefully, projected the price of petrol to cross the 200 naira mark. And a lot of people picked up on that, and that even sent a lot of people to the filling stations in an attempt to get fuel. Now, in order to salvage this process, the NMPC released a statement to say, well, we're not reviewing or changing the price of petrol in March. And then the Minister of State for Petroleum Resources also came on to voice his concern and also to emphasize the direction of the government with regards to petrol. But that's not just all. These are not the only stakeholders. There are marketers, there are independent suppliers, there's the Port Authority, and there's a lot more going on. And there's also where we get this oil from and how the people therein have been treated. Uh, some call them, they say th these are the uh, states that produce, oil producing states. And their treatment has become questionable. But to put perspective to this conversation today with me, with regards to enablers of um, corruption in the oil sector, would have to be uh, Mr. O.K. Epia, the founder of Order Paper. He joins me now on the show. Good morning to you. Good morning, Femi. Good to be here. Where do we start from? I, I know it's interesting to analyze the oil sector uh, all the way from the fundamentals of how it is structured and how it was bound to be structured. But let's, let's go back. Let's start off from this concept of how is this structured when we say upstream, midstream, and downstream? What does that mean? 
Well, you gave a hint in your introductory remark, and um, I like that you ended it at the point where you said uh, the downstream is where everyone, virtually everyone, interacts with uh, the crude oil that Nigeria is blessed with. Uh, upstream is uh, has to do with um, getting the crude from the ground, you know, uh, the drilling and the exploration and all of that um, process, you know, mm. many Nigerians are not interested in that. It's just uh, uh, what the government and, you know, its JV partners, you know, are into. Well, midstream comes down away from that uh, exclusivity, you know, you have more involvement because that's where you have the, um, uh, the processing of the crude, the transportation of the crude, the storage of the crude and all of that. And so you have more stakeholders, more business persons get in that mm. space. And, you know, of course, downstream is where you and I interact with the product, you know, uh, where it gets to the retail spots, you know, where Nigerians are able to buy petrol you know, at the gas stations, you know, so that is downstream. Uh, incidentally, the downstream is where, um, understandably, uh, the concerns uh, continue to, uh, you know, uh, hmm. sustain. The concerns around the pricing of products of petroleum, premium motor spirits, you know, the pricing, the availability, the distribution, and indeed, the, uh, the the impact of all of this on the pockets and lives and living conditions of Nigerians, and, you know, because we have a system, where the government plays the dominant role, you know, uh, and decides to a large extent continually decides the price of products. So everything boils down to the involvement of governments to a large extent, and when government is involved. Uh, Unfortunately, there have been, you know, uh, insinuations, there have been cases, there have been situations where we see that there isn't enough transparency, there isn't enough accountability, and there are leakages and wastages, you know, down the process of, you know, the, the different processes situated in the downstream sector. And some of these are clear corruption cases that, you know, uh, so beyond insinuation, there's been a report that, um, uh, was put together under the auspices of NATE, which is Nigeria Industry Extractive, Nigeria Extractive Industry Transparency Initiative, mm -hmm. uh, which sought to address the title is addressing the inefficiencies in the downstream sector. And you know, so that report gave life, empirical, you know, life to some of these insinuations and suspicions that have hitherto, you know, been around. Oh, mm -hmm. there's corruption, oh, there is smuggling, or oh, uh, there is the, within, around, Three key areas, right? One is the daily consumption data. How are we sure what they say we consume in this country on a daily basis, respect to PMS is what we consume. How is it determined, right? Mm -hmm. You know, uh, based on that determination, uh, because we do not produce, we do not refine the product, importation is done based on that determination. And because government is solely involved, you know, for some years, it is the NNPC that does the importation based on whatever data that it chooses or it's able to get from other stakeholders to import the products. So the importation process is another key node within the downstream sector where there is this you know, question around lack of transparency and possible corruption. The third one being around the transportation of the product itself within, you know, from, you know, arrival into the country uh, to the depot from the depot to the retail outlets and all of that, and then gets to, you know, people's cars and all of that. So 
where uh, and that's where the focus is on the petroleum equalization funds you know uh, very little known agency but very powerful agency mm. of government that nigerians i'm not too sure i even knew about it until recently very powerful I, I repeat very powerful agency of government that does a lot but very very uh, in a manner that is that requires a lot more transparency let me put it that way you know so the study highlighted these three key, key processes and also spotlighted these three agencies of government that are you know uh, involved so the first in the first lane you have the of course uh, the PPPRA and I'm glad you mentioned that the petroleum products pricing regulatory agency which is supposed to be uh, you know, the statutory body that determines mm. prices, that determines all of the value chain metrics and, you know, mm -hmm. uh, what sh should eventually be the price bands, which it usually does and which it tried to do last week, you know. Mm -hmm. But you see, because of the issues around um, regulatory overlaps, the issues around, you know, overlapping of functions, you saw the immediate reaction, even from within the government, mm. from, by the NNPC, the Minister of State for Petroleum had to make, you know, a, a report and and, you know, but the, the agency just simply did its job, right, if you ask me. But you see, these are the issues that we talk about. So when you have such, you know, uh, regulatory overlaps, you know, you have, you are bound to have issues around. So where's the transparency in the process? So within that, you know, uh, space around the determination, the PPPRA is under spotlight. Then, of course, the last stage of transportation of the product and, you know, uh, where you have issues around bridge, bridging claims, mm. national transportation allowances, which is where <laughs> the mm. issue is. So you have the Petroleum Equalization Fund. So this study, in reference, made some of these issues with empirical facts and figures to show that there are clear cases of inefficiencies and clear cases of corruption that we need to address. And why it is important to address this is what I would say next. But let me, it seems like... Uh, uh, oh, no, no, I, I was just... I mean, this, we're going to have to dwell more on this issue of corruption connected and some of these other areas. And before we go into those critical areas, uh, I just wanted people to understand a little bit of how we arrived at, for example, uh, the government controlling a good part of the oil sector. I'm looking through one of those reports now, Petroleum People and Power, uh, one of your publications from other people, and it talks about... About, um, how the, in 1969, uh, the Petroleum Act you know, led to the establishment um, of a few organizations um, down the line. At some point in time, we had the likes of Nigerian National Oil Company, and, and we, had, we had that in play. Uh, and then, of course, in 1975, down the line, we had the likes of... Um, the NNPC. Please don't be don't be don't be troubled by the many many terminologies, if I may say, uh, that come along with these um, situations as we go along. You have that go down, formally formed, and now at the back line of all this is the fact that the PIB is also suggestively bringing forward that there's going to be another company that will be formed uh, to see how all this plays out. But let's let's go back a little bit now. So. Three organizations in the downstream sector, to a large extent, determine how things go. I mean, your, the recent study you put forward about enablers of corruption talks about the fact that Premium Motor Spirit, which we easily call Petrol now, uh, is one of the value chains of um, you know, the petroleum products, and it makes up about 60% uh, of what is consumed in the country. What brings me forward is it that these agencies don't choose, they choose not to work together? 
or one is stronger than the other, or the triage is not supposed to be in the very first place, what's the correlation between these three that has brought about these three critical data that we're now hoping to examine and understand whether it's a lack of transparency or it's just corruption kicking in its way all the way through? Brilliant question. You know, um, all of these factors combine together to give us what we have. So there is a lack of synergy and there is uh, there is what you also may call a, a dereliction of duties, especially on the part of the PPPRA. Now, this is how it is. The entire value chain, it affects Nigerians and the pockets at the petrol stations. Um, NNPC imports the products, as we already know. Mm -hmm. It's so important of the products, you know. Um, based on that, the uh, it, it trickles down. Mm -hmm. Marketers pick this product and then it goes to the first stations. So along the line, in determining the pump price, there are a couple of metrics that are taken into account, which is what, at the end of it all, you have the ex-depot price yes. that the PPPRA releases. And one of those metrics, which is very key, is the NCA, National Transportation Allowance, the bridging claims undertaken mm -hmm. solely by mm -hmm. the Petroleum Equalization Fund. Mm -hmm. And that is already put as the cost, is already imputed into the cost of petrol. It's part of what you pay for. And that cost is also, the, 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 the argument is that, okay, look, uh, we are importing this product, but we want this product to sell at a uniform price across the country. We want people to buy, we want consumers to buy petrol at the same price, whether you're in, you know, Koranamunda, uh, uh, whether you are in, uh, you know, Mina, whether you are in Benin, buy at the same price. That is the essence of, you know, in fact, that is the reason why you have the Petroleum Equalization Fund, mm -hmm. right? So all of that is already built into the cost price of petrol that everyone buys at the mm. petrol station. Mm. So that is the basic fundamental. But you see, NNPC imports based on what data? How does NNPC determine this is the quantity of petrol that we mm. we need on a daily basis and then imports? Don't forget that we had four refineries in this country. These refineries were created to be able to distill, to refine products, crude, so that we're not this importation thing, you know, and 445,000, you know, um, liters mm. is what the allocation is. That is what these four refineries are able to, that is the capacity of mm. these four refineries, right, in this country. But you see, because they are not producing, and we continue to keep these refineries at a humongous cost to the nation. I was just checking out the data just in June last year. Just in June last year, 10 billion naira was spent in keeping moribund refineries that are not working, that are not producing zero crude oil. Refining 10 billion crude oil for in this country. And so if you compute that throughout the year, and for the many years that we've had these refineries not working, what is that waste? What is that waste? Mm. What is that corruption about? You know, that's just an aside. So on what basis, on what data does NNPC use to import the product, the product as sole importer of the product into this country? And within that NNPC space, importation space in it, itself, you know, um, it, it does what we know as direct sales, direct purchase. So it takes crude, Nigerian crude, crude that belongs to the government, and sells it abroad. About 95, they make about 94% from that crude sales, right? Yes. I mean, with respect to uh, the, the general overview, mm. yeah, the foreign exchange, I mean, crude is the mainstay of that. Mainstay, yes. So 
the crew that it takes out is supposed to receive a commensurate amount of refined products, mm-hmm. PMS to be specific, that now goes into the local market. So the amount of crude taken out and the amount of crude brought back into this country is a matter of mystery. Mm. To the extent that even the National Assembly is instituting a probe currently to find out these details. It's perhaps only the NNPC that knows. And don't forget, they do this because they wanted to eliminate subsidy. Nigeria was spending too much on subsidy. It was actually budgeted for until the current administration came in 2015 and they all dare about they cut out the subsidy in a sense that introduced what they call under recovery. In other words, you are still paying some money to get what you know, uh, and you, you are not, you, this money is not appropriated, it's solely determined and received. Collected by the NNPC directly from the Federation Act. So l- let me understand this. Mm. They stopped subsidy, mm. okay, and started what you call under recovery? Under recovery. Which is another terminology for a type of subsidy. In a sense. In a sense. Mm. Even though uh, President Buhari at some point in time said subsidy is a scam, but I have that on record. I don't know if. Do you mind if I share that with people no, again? That is clearly okay. a, a matter of uh, public record. Oh, okay. So in case you missed out on that, this just for a few minutes, just to clear things up, so that it doesn't. Because the next question I'm about to ask me may need to have a background to this. Well, when I started, I, I told you that I don't particularly in that good line. I don't understand what is a Nigerian economist and the member of the government. Their definition of that they are subsidizing Nigerian Nigerian from the only they are buying. Who is subsidizing you? The Nigerian oil industry, petroleum industry, was developed with Nigerian capital. Because most of the expertise are Nigerians, if you go into the field. It's Nigerian capital, it's Nigerian oil. What I understand Nigerians should charge Nigerians is the cost of oil barrel at the well head. And then the cost of transportation to the refinery, the cost of refining it, and its cost at the pump. If anybody said he is subsidizing anything, is a fraud. So, if he says it's a fraud, then is the Minister of Petroleum Resources, yes, that's on record as well, because he has retained that portfolio, I mean, not just once now, even in the second term. Explain to me what version of what that subsidy described as a fraud and the under recovery or the version of subsidizing that is now being uh, put together by the NNPC, getting money directly from the Federation account to shock some other places. What does this all mean? Okay, uh, Nigeria's refineries do not produce an ounce of petroleum. So all the consumption that we have in this country is imported. And because they have to be bought at the international market, you have to buy them at the international price. The Mm. irony is that this is a product that we have. We do not need to go through this, but here we are. Mm. So whenever there is a rise in the price of barrier, we have to also bear the consequences. In other words, government is no longer paying the subsidy. That is where you find that it trickles down to the consumer because as currently the price of barrier is around over 70 or thereabouts. Yeah, <laughs> it's ranges. And so uh, the additional costs from where it was when it was less 
government is no longer paying subsidies. So it comes down to the Nigerians. So it is that price, the global price, that's what you call the global volatility. Mm. If you are no longer paying subsidy, so it, the consumers of the product have to bear the brunt. And I like the way that you play that sunbite because if anybody says he's paying subsidy, it's a fraud. That is a very strong sunbite. The NNPC needs to explain to Nigerians in clear terms what under recovery means. Because I said to you earlier that they do what they call direct sales, direct purchase. Mm. You take the amount of crude you need yes. to get the amount of refined products you need back into the country. So what, where is the differential coming from? Hmm. There is perhaps even no exchange of cash because it's like trade by butter, isn't yes, it? Yes, it's supposed to be. Exactly. So where are you getting the amounts, the cost from that you call under recovery, which in about, I think in 2019 alone or thereabout, it cost us over 700 billion naira. 700 billion naira? 700 billion. I think it's 770 something billion naira that NNPC took from directly from the nation's purse without appropriation to pay for what it calls under recovery. Did, did the National Assembly care to even look okay, into so this? Th this is part of the issues. The National Assembly had a subsidy probe uh, way back in 2012, 2013. You remember the issues? Yes, yes. It became controversial and all of that. Mm. The DSDP thing that I'm talking about has also been a subject of probe by the National Assembly, specifically the House of Representatives in the last National Assembly. Mm. You know, they probed the DSDP regime, I think, from 2014 to 2017. We do not know what happened to that probe. We do not understand why the report was not received and adopted or debated in plenary of the House of Representatives. And now they are starting another probe of the same DSDP regime from 2018 to whenever. So, I mean, I'm just trying to answer your question with more questions. Oh, yeah, what is the National Assembly doing as representatives of the people? Why are they not sitting up and, you know, asking these questions and getting answers and let Nigerians understand I mean, some of these questions have been clearly, you know, uh, asked and we have answers by the National Assembly. We will not probably be having this conversation. We will mm. probably not be here talking about or asking NNPC to give us more clarity on what under recovery means and who actually gets this money and all of that. So th these are the issues. Mm. These are now loopholes. These are possible nods for corruption. And it is not my word. You heard the president say it, that it is a fraud. So it's just like a nomenclature change. show unravels your thinking, makes you stop to listen, engages you in a debate of opinions. I believe this man knows what he is doing. He is a Nigerian. Everything going and on. ultimately brings you to the king of talk radio, Femi D. Live. And we're back to the morning crossfire on your number one news and sports station Nigeria Info. It's Morning Crossfire with Femi D. Live on your number one talk, news, and sports station 95.1 Nigeria Info. It's 8.40 a.m. Nigerian time. This is Morning Crossfire right here on Nigerian Food 95.1. Much to talk about. My guest has been providing interesting perspective to the issue of oil. In, what's going on in the oil sector. Let's talk about corruption enablers in the oil sector. Okay, Epia, who is the founder of all the people. You have quite a number of reports that best 
provide you with information about how and when and what's moving and what's not moving and what is seen to be moving and what seems not to be inside of uh, what to move. Before the break, I was asking the question about uh, is Petroleum Equalization Management Board the subsidy company? No, uh, the Petroleum Equalization Fund is not involved with subsidy or under recovery. Uh, what it does is to uh, equalize the price of product across the country. That is its mandate. So whether we are, as we get the products imported into the country, and that is products are transported from the ports and those areas closer to the ports to further than mm. the country, uh, government believes that the prices should remain uniform. And by the way, just to mention, in a deregulated system, that should not be in place. So if government says it has deregulated or it is deregulating, then it has questions to answer why it continues to retain that organization, Petroleum Equalization Fund. So the, the, the function of that fund is basically to like uh, uh, make certain payments, you know, to marketers who move the product further down, you know, uh, the country. And those who move closer down the areas of importation make certain payments to it. So there is a differential that allows a uniformity mm. in, in theory of the price of petroleum products across the country. But I mean, before this study that we have been referencing came about, there have been insinuations, indeed examples, you know, where you see that is not the case. People would not buy the same price in Abuja and further than the east for instance i don't think that's happened in 10 years oh, so never happened. that's that gave you a, a a huge question mark around what exactly are these monies that the fund collects what does it do with this money mm. so what is the reason for its continual existence especially now that we are deregulating that sector why do we need to have the petroleum equalization fund the paf is a different kettle of fish that requires a whole period of conversation maybe at some time we'll come have that oh yes we should. but i just wanted to clarify your question hmm. they are not directly involved in the subsidy regime or on the recovery regime that is the sole business of the nigeria national petroleum hmm. I, like, I like the phrase on the recovery regime it sounds like something to really examine it's it sounds complicated but uh when we think about it the pms which is what we're struggling with right now the price of fuel because if you ask any nigerian right now what's the prompt price of fuel they'll give you at least three real life answers they're all correct by the way some will tell you it's over 200 some will tell you uh some are selling at the, the pump the original pump price some are wondering what they should sell about uh, and yes it's confusing in real life and now i'm i'm sure we're all hoping this settles down but i guess what has brought about the trigger of a moment like this would have to be the fact that there are corruption enablers um that down the line points in this way let me mention some from your report there's the issue of weak enforcement function overlaps there's the un undercover bogey now what what could be here what what do these enablers mean and what effect have they provided uh, to the sector thus far they have hidden the corruption that has existed in the downstream sector that's why they are called enablers of corruption you know uh because it's a sector that has been solely regulated as it were by the government 
And you know, whatever it is that government has its hands on, it's usually quite questionable, unfortunately. Mm. You know, unfortunately, very unfortunately. More so because this is a product that we should not be going through with this kind of hardship over because we have that resource, mm. right? So um, the involvements of the National Petroleum Corporation and the roles that the PPPROA should play. So let me put it this way. The PPPROA ought to be the determining agency, the agency that should determine how much amount of crude oil we should import to meet local daily consumption. Does that agency have the data? Hmm. Who determines that? That study shows clearly that. Hmm. And what happened last week clearly exemplifies the study, the, the, the finding of the study that the PPPROA does not perform that function as determined by its statutes. So that kind of, you know, hazy or non-performance or shaking of responsibility, what does it do? It creates room for all manners of interferences and interventions solely around that importation process. And I have been talking about the direct sales, direct purchase mm. regime mm -hmm. that the NNPC does with its under recovery scheme. Who supervises that? The PPPRA ought to be deeply involved, but the study shows that it is not involved. So you see weak enforcement. Yes. That is the first point that you just raised. Mm -hmm. You see regulatory overlaps where the PPPRA issues a price bandwidth or its ex-depot template, and then NNPC, NNPC speaks up almost immediately to say, look, this is not correct. Mm -hmm. That is function overlap. Mm -hmm. So there is something going on that we are not being told. One agency is being suppressed, perhaps, from, you know, performance roles and responsibilities. By who? For why? For what reasons? Hmm. Why do we not have the details of the importation of the amount of petrol that we consume in this country? Why is it, why is it rocket science? So, for instance, this is one key aspect of the report. In being able to determine that, there ought to be, you know, uh, a determination of what is consumed at the gas stations, at the petrol stations. Mm -hmm. That does not happen. What these agencies do, they rely on the data, the petrol that is taken from the depot to the petrol stations, what they call the truck out, you know, products. But that's not where it happens because we have seen and we have heard situations where these products are taken supposedly to destinations and they never get there or they are taken across the border. Yes, yeah, true. So the appropriate you know, a point to determine the amount of consumption, the factual amount of cons consumption should be at the gas stations. But there is no means or, you know, metrics in place to determine that as we speak amongst these three agents, including the PEF, because the PEF has a software, it calls Aquila, for instance, that it yeah. uses to monitor, you know, uh, that the claims and, you know, allowances it pays actually uh, 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 determined by the distances. So it has this tracking device, it calls Aquila, by the way, which it, 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 the, the government approved 17 billion naira to procure, oh, 17 boy. billion naira to procure a software, a software. And yet we still not have the value that we should have for that. So there is no data at the pump points of petrol stations. So there is that arbitrariness solely at the level of the importation of the product. You see the PPPRA is helpless. You see the NNPC is overbearing. And you see a PEF that is not able to determine and to able to um, verify that the claims that it pays hmm right is based on value for money 
you see the enabling it, 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 it's so when you see all of this going on and all they keep telling you is that you have to pay more for petrol you have to pay more for petrol but you are not cutting your bets you are not you are not downsizing corruption you are not downsizing the waste you are not downsizing the inefficiency that we see in the system so why you pass it on to the consumers there's just so much that we can take Hmm. So if you cut out all of this waste, all of these inefficiencies, perhaps we'll not be paying as much as we're paying for petrol. That's the point. Yeah. And, and I agree with you with regards to that. I mean, there are so many other, no reliable consumption data. We really do not know what's, what's going in, what's coming out. Uh, you know, uh, rule of the term, price differential, under recovery boogie. Um, we could go on. And of course, the software as well. Let's let's bring in people to join this conversation at this time. It's a brilliant time to join in. Uh, the numbers are 0700 nine five one and then zero 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 should i take that again oh i'll take it again zero seven double zero nine five one zero 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 that will get you through to join this conversation live on nigerian phone 95.1 on monday christmas this very day so let's let's take your input into this because we really um the more you talk about it the more confusing it appears to be Hello? yes welcome good morning how are you today I'm okay. Good. What's your name? I'm very, very okay. And oh. I'm very, very happy to be our guest there. I greet you. Thank you, sir. Good morning. I know it's my name. Thank you, sir, for letting Nigerians, more especially the oil producing states, to know the monumental fraud that is going on in the oil sector, petroleum sector. Not just uh, in this very administration. Change the section of oil exploration from... Uh, Oil producing state. There is uncountable, in fact, looting, stealing that is going on in that area. Just few years or whatever, you had several errors of fraction period that is not accounted for. I will tell you that over trillions of dollars have been stolen from that region. This is the money that was supposed to be used to develop that part of the country. But go there, you see people living in abject poverty. In fact, poverty working barefooted. I'm not blaming the elite there or their politicians because they don't want transparency in that area. But I'm, I am after the use of that part of the country. Very deep. It will not stop. Okay, let's. Atiku, let, 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 let me finish by saying Atiku told us that when he comes in, he is going to sell some of those, uh, whatever they call it, those who came into power to. Austin, are you there? Hello? Yes, Hello? yes, yes. Just no, to round the fear. They're actually against that because they know what they're coming in to do. Okay, thank you, Austin. Good morning to you. Glad you connected with us. Let's talk. Dr. Femidi. How are you today? Good morning to everybody. Good morning to my brother, Austin. Oh, yeah, Mechi. Good morning to our guest. This is Adel Ule Daniel calling. All right, Adel Ule, let's talk. I you, my brother, the guest. What is the way forward? Look at now in Nigeria. And we say we are powers in a country that we are over 200 million. Okay. Can you hear me, Femidi? Yes, yes, I can. Yes, I can. Thank you. I said that. Can we say we are powers in this oh, country? Oh, I, I did hear you. Few people, those who put us into this problem, they are not up to 1 million. For over 200 million Nigeria are suffering. Look at now, last week, 5 billion missing in NMPC. A lot of money has been missing. Under former GMD, 26 million OED was built. By the government. Former Minister of State for Petroleum said that the President uh, Muhammad Ubari said that um, they should continue to work together. Up to today, nobody asked questions. Now, we Masses are suffering. Today, I hear another one. 
1.4 billion naira to spend as a refreshment in federal inland revenue. Where this money come from? It comes from the okay. okay. All right. the Nigerian Port Authority. What is the way forward? What can we do? Thank so you, David. Now or never. Okay, don't we let's leave it at that. Let's let's you ask the question, you provide the solution. Yes, good morning to you. If you can turn down the volume of your radio, I uh, will be able to keep your call. Good morning. Good morning, Femidi. And yeah. good morning, the guests there. Yes, welcome. Go on, let's talk. Mr. Paul the indomitable. Let's talk, Mr. Paul. Me? Yes, yes, let's talk, Mr. Paul. Yes. I want to thank your guests. I think he has really shown his profession. Uh, professionalism on the OEA uh, sector. The issue is that we all know that that sector is decked with corruption, not uh, starting with this regime. But I could say from the onset of OEA discovery in Nigeria, there have been corruption in the OEA sector. We don't even know how much we are producing, neither did we know uh, how much we are taking out because I understand that in the high sea, uh, 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 all tankers are loading Nigerian crude and going anywhere they like. Not even Nigerian Navy could stop them. So what I would uh, uh, like to say, the Malorate what those of us the, the small uh, fries uh, 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 see in the dark frame, let us talk about privatization and actually into it, like what is done in the communication. Let us see the establishment of uh, 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 refineries and doing away with the four refineries that we can uh, 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 that can produce and we are using billions to maintain them. Uh, if we could do that, I tell you, the, the price will take its natural course. Thank you. All right, thank you. Prize will take its natural course. Uh, let's take one more call on this. Good morning. Hello. Yes, good, good morning. morning. I'm Olu calling from Boy. Olu, welcome. Let's talk. Yeah. Selling our refineries will keep us more problems, especially in Nigeria, whereby private businessmen are as good as the government. They're all built on the like monopoly. The best thing to do is regional government take over all the four refineries if at once want to sell them. Take over the federal government shares in them. Now, the main problem is we need to sit down and calculate the liter of oil, um, crude oil that leaves this country, which, and then let us know which countries are buying crude from us and which refineries are refining for us in the direct, uh, in the, uh, what they call under delivery um, process that NMP is not Which countries are, which refineries are refining? That means over 80 refineries, but not just crude oil. The oldest crude oil refinery in the world is still working up to date. Now, we need to know how much of our crude is going out and what quantity and of what product is coming in. Then, five, support that's here. Supposed to have accurate tracking of their system because it is really not working. You have a friend in the tanker leave already, the depot, going to Mina. They pay the same money as the tanker leaving Lagos to Mina. It's not supposed to happen so. They don't pay them flat rates. All you need is sending your bill and then they pay everybody. It's very wrong. And then NMPC needs to reduce the non uh, called technical staff. It's too much. Go to the head office. It's almost like a like a nation. People that know nothing about production that are doing nothing are just being employed <laughs> every day, every day. And then they oh, the mostly enjoy. Go to the downstream center. What the company center? All right. Employ drivers 
almost every duty month. They don't sack people without anything. They mm. employ them today. You they train you before you know it. Six months or so, they terminate your employment. They employ new set of people. Okay. So, just for people not to understand what is going on in NMPC. Wow. Well, that sure that is a very courageous approach to this. It said it's always like a nation. I've never heard that before, but I never imagined it could be used as such. Let's read some messages we do have going on uh, with regards to this. Okay. Um, well. Here's what somebody says uh, from the airport road here in Abuja. Uh, Adolfo says the fuel and crude oil and refinery scam in Nigeria is an incorporated corruption. All arms of government and the middlemen and marketers, as well as the spurious agencies such as DPR, PPRA, PEF, NPC, are major beneficiaries. Uh, KD Omawa says your guest has spoken eloquently. I listen to the sound bite very clearly. I have to listen to it every day. The president, then a presidential candidate, said it was. He said it very clearly that if anybody says he's subsidizing anything, it's fraud. Today you hear the contradictions of the same position. The median question will be: uh, Do people who have integrity contradict themselves on important national issues such as this? I would like Google, but I don't think so. Uh, that's what he says. Destiny Anthony says people should avoid. Bega Junction is like we have riots going on there. So guys with weapons, the police is shooting. All right, okay. Somebody may need to tell us about that uh, in the 9:30 mark, just to get a good perspective of what you're saying, and also would have to interrogate uh, with regards to that. Uh, there's a great law here in Guagalada. Please, there's relevant authorities should take charge. Islaman Sulaiman from Guags did write that in as well. Um, Coco from Cuba says. When this government leave office, Nigerians will be a lot of unthinkable stories and revelations. Unfortunately, we have representatives that don't care about the masses. Can you imagine a huge amount of money they're spending still and we're getting the impact on our family leaving? God bless your guests and God bless Nigeria, it goes on to say. Upata uh, Century Area says, for me, do you know that everything that we're being told about regulation is a lie? It has, it has rather been number few price increase dictated by the government as usual. The new subsidy cost confirms that it is a lie. It's worried the Mr. Integrity himself, still the patrol minister, I'm so surprised, he questions. And then he says, pity, just a pity. Nigerians are paying heavily for what we now see. Um, Antigen from Maraba says, we may not know the monumental corruption in this government until after 2023, uh, it goes on to say. Uh, Mr. Epia, let me allow you round off um, this conversation. There's really a lot to talk about, but I mean, Nigerians have reflected on some of this. You want to respond very quickly uh, before we get to the nine o'clock mark uh, with regards to this conversation? Right, I mean, there's nothing more to say. Nigerians have spoken. You could see the indignation, the, the, the anger in their responses. You could see that, uh, you know, they are unhappy, especially because they are made to bear the cost of these inefficiencies, waste, and corruption by government officials. You know, and I like the kind of responses because it's that is the thing we want to seek to achieve: raise the awareness. And when the awareness is raised, people also get to demand accountability and demand mm. that there should be transparency. These demands need to continually be made. You know, it's not make it to the end. We relapse. We have discovered. We have seen that from what happened at NSAS. If you keep on your demands, at some point things would give. The regulation is not what it should be. The regulation is not price fixing. I, I just wanted to re make that uh, remark in response to what one of the, the, the uh, your, your responders said. So uh, let's keep the conversation going within all the spaces. Call your representatives in Parliament, in the Senate, in the House of Representatives. They owe us that responsibility, and we must keep talking in demanding for accountability and transparency in the sector.
Well, I must say a big thank you to you, the founder of Order uh, Paper. Okay, APR, for joining in this morning for this robust conversation this very day. Thank you so much for providing an amazing perspective to this. We'll keep up with you and a lot of what you're doing in your organization. And, of course, uh, we'd like to share conversations such as this uh, that interest the public over and over again. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Thank you. Stay with us right here. Morning, Chris Fire. When we do come back after businesses, sports, drive, there'll be more to talk about on the show. Uh, what other stories did we leave out? Now will be a good time to catch up. Also, watch out for the updates we've got coming up for you on the show. Thank you so much. This is Nigeria Info. This is Nigeria Info. Nothing breaks the news like the news. Trust me, I can prove it. I'm ready. Let's take on the biggest debates on radio, provide insights.